0: Spirit fans, I am Timothy Lawson, and this is Follow Your Spirit, a podcast that brings you game day coverage, team analysis, and player interviews. We are following up after the 2 to nothing win that the Spirit got over the Penn State Nittany Lions this past Saturday. This game was a lot more interesting to watch, a lot more happening, just a better game overall than the game previously that was drenched in in rain and snow i spent a lot of the game attempting to get video coverage uh, trying to get some video clips and uh, one thing that i learned about trying to shoot a game with video is it's difficult to really pay attention what's going on even as i was following the ball and even on like the goals i had to like look up and ask someone who just shot that because the camera paying so much attention to where the ball is and what's mo- what's going on and not so much who has the ball and what they're doing with it but I think the uh the the one thing that I did notice uh is of course the turnovers were a problem uh especially in the first half they tightened that up and going to the second half and really dominated possession there was a, there was some good ball movement uh especially side to side Uh, But a lot of opportunities just were a hair off. I mean, uh, shots from, you know, inside the box, uh, you know, lots of uh, crosses that just didn't connect. Uh, lots of leads that were just, uh, you know, a foot in, a foot too far in any direction. Uh, but I, what I, what I like though as, is that the opportunities were there and they were created. And I think that's really the real takeaway there: learning how to connect on those passes, tightening up the accuracy on shooting. I think they shot about 20 times, uh, and uh, if I remember right, eight or nine of those were on goal so just under 50% not as accurate uh as the game against the UVA but i guess maybe in the rain uh shot uh shot selection is probably a little bit more is probably uh a little bit more limited and so maybe they're just naturally taking better shots there uh and there was definitely uh you could see it especially in the in the PSU players uh, or the PSU alum i should say for the spirit uh, there was definitely a few shots where you could just sort of see the excitement on getting a shot off, uh, and it would cruise over the bar. Uh, I remember one specifically: uh, Joanna Loman got an opportunity, dribbled, dribbled it in inside, and then uh, just let it—you know—took the first opportunity she had on uh, getting the shot off, and it cruised out over the goal. And I—I wonder if that was, you know, I, don't, I wonder if she rushed that shot or if she was just really excited about uh, about the game. Of, with all the emotion and adrenaline on playing her alma mater. The two goals, first one came off of a Shayna Williams assist to Crystal Dunn, uh, and then Christine Nairn got a free kick from about 20 yards out uh, after what, uh, is bele- what was believed to be a handball. Uh, she, as you'll hear in the post-game interviews, she noted that the wall was over-adjusted. She was able to get a A lower shot off and and, and tuck it away into the net by just shooting on an on an over adjusted wall. Those are the only two goals uh, that the Spirit got. It easily could have been uh, going through my footage. I mean, crossbar, sidebar, crossbar, sidebar. Like it, it, you know, just uh, you know, three inches in any direction, uh, or three inches in the right direction. And and a lot of those things, a lot of those shots could have been goals. Uh but what was nice is it was the opportunity was spread out. That's that's the uh the other thing I want to note is you know, we saw shot attempts from uh Stengel, Nairn, Dunn, Ordega. I think Ali even got I think she might have even gotten one off. Loman. I think Matheson uh got an attempt. So uh it's really it's cool to see Gabara's offense, that that pressing offense um, create so many opportunities for different players because, uh, as, we'll, as we'll discuss a little bit later in the podcast, uh, I brought on uh, Caitlin Buckley, who contributes to the Black and Red United uh, blog. We talk about how things are going to be a little bit more spread out opportunity-wise. Uh, so without further ado, we're going to get to the post-game player interviews because I think um, uh, there's a lot of great insights. Uh, first off, Crystal Dunn. She was the first one to join us. You'll hear some, some loudspeaker noise uh, in the beginning. I unfortunately, washed uh, some of her interview because uh, it was just so bad I couldn't uh, couldn't use the sound bites. But uh, she talks about taking a leadership position, what she was able to get from this match with PSU. You
1: know, I'm just trying to be a little bit be better than last year. And enter. whether that's me scoring you're 15 you're goals enter. again or, you know just playing a key role with my team, I think that's that's really where my, where my goals are. I mean, I just want to impact the game and continue growing as a person and a player. Um, it's your third season, so mm-hmm. you've got experience now
2: in the NWSL. Um, yeah. How do you think your role changes or maybe gets bigger off the field? coming
1: forward. Um well I'm excited not to be called the youngin anymore. And whenever we do 5e2, they always shout youngin's in the middle defending first, so I'm glad that I missed the cut on that one. But um I'm excited. I'm excited to play a leadership role. I think last year I led by example and I think this year I can lead more vocally and um you know, help co-captain and just, you know, be a voice and also like you said, I mean, it's my third year and I think people are going to look for me and you know, look for me to just help them in any way. And I think I'm more than ready to play that role. It seems like this was a good test. They did put you guys under a good bit of pressure. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's
2: how they won the national championship. Yeah. Um, you think this is a good game to kind of learn from, making, try to learn from those mistakes and not put you guys in a position to yeah, have those turnovers?
1: Yeah, I think definitely. they. Um, obviously, they won a national championship last season and all the credit to them. They had a great game today. And I think these are the games that we are excited to play against uh, these these oppositions. And for us, it's all about getting better every week. And I think we did that today. Um, despite the first 20 minutes, I think uh, they put us under a lot of pressure. And I think we settled down and we're able to get two good goals. And uh, we're just going to go from here.
0: I stepped away from the Crystal Dunn media huddle to get a few words in with Coach Gabera one-on-one before he addressed the, the group as a whole. I asked him about any advantages that some of the other teams in the league might have on being able to play other professional teams in the preseason and anything that he was able to get out of this game that maybe he wasn't able to get out of last game evaluation wise
3: yeah i don't think there's that much of an advantage i mean you'd love to play um an nwsl team in preseason but it's uh it's kind of been my thought process in the past where you're playing teams so many times during the season do you really want to play them in preseason like the easiest team for us to play would be sky blue and we have to play them four times in the season so um you know, does that really help? I think the important thing is is just to get the game and, and slowly phase your build up into uh, giving certain players, you know, getting them ready to play 90 minutes at this level. Uh, so playing college teams with their use of more players and more liberal substitution gives us a chance to kind of break the game down and uh, and get players, you know, maybe 30 or 45 minutes rather than throw them out there and having to have to go 90, 90 minutes and, uh, at that same level.
0: 60 degrees of a com- comfortable breeze. Uh, a lot of ball movement, a lot of opportunities. Shot just under uh, 50% accuracy. Yeah. Um, got uh, LeBay in there for for some minutes. How do you? What do you, do you feel like you know anything more now than you did a week ago?
3: Yeah, and then with uh, without a game next weekend, I think this was even more critical for us to get a good uh, look at, at groups of players and, and how our national team players are going to going to integrate with the Canadian the new Canadian players and and other new players that we've signed as free agents. So, I think I I was. Happy with the, the result and the way we played in the second half. Uh, first half, obviously, players that played in the first half did well and, and wore them down a little bit. But, uh, you know, it's not easy, you know, getting it all together and asking them, getting them to do the things we're asking them to do. So uh, overall it was very successful.
0: Well, we waited for Christine Nairn and Ali Krieger uh, and the other PSU alum uh, to get done talking to the Penn State players and coaches some of their fans. It gave us uh, plenty of time to talk more with Coach Cabrera as a group. Uh, first came back at the soccer place with
3: with, uh, with the sun out,
0: yeah. I suppose. Uh, yeah. Just a general impression about being back?
3: Uh, no, it's great. I mean, some things don't change and then there's a lot of changes. I mean, it's uh, it's certainly different. I mean, five years is a long time, but uh, you know, it's still one of the best facilities in, in the country and glad to be here and Hopefully, take, uh, add some value to the to the club and get it to the next step.
2: Um, Penn State forcing turnovers is kind of their ML. Um, how do you think you guys responded to them making those turnovers, and what do you guys hope to learn from that? Uh,
3: well, I mean, it's, we're asking the team to uh, possess the ball and uh, also provide pressure as well, so it was really good that they they were willing to uh, to press us and force us into mistakes because that's that's how you learn. I think in the first half, I think we learned that we were... Cheating a little bit in our passing and our defensive spacing, um, and I think that we made some, a little bit of adjustment at halftime, and it was little movements and more movement initiated some more uh, some more possession opportunities.
2: Um, was the movement not there because of personnel, or was it adjustments you guys made at half? Or? I
3: just think it was just you know, either old habits or you know fatigue from you know it's not like we tapered our training. Um, you know, we had a hard week of training, and you know, there's the emotional part of it. You know, playing a game with with the crowd and uh, sunny day, and with new players, and everyone knows it's you know kind of uh, the only opportunity we'll have with with all our full roster to select from before our opener. So um, I think that was the case where you know, people just kind of a little bit mentally uh, seized up a little bit. It's a lot of side to side. Of uh, course, there's that not having the movement to bring players forward. Uh, well, we wa- we wanted to. Move it side to side, but I think we would be a little more patient and uh, connect a few more passes and move them before we before we change it. I think uh, when the, when there's that quick change of point of attack, you all of a sudden you end up with teams too spread out, and we don't want we don't have the players, or uh, that's really not the way we want to play—is to be all spread out. You know, we want to be close together and um, you know quick the ball movement.
0: As we were finishing up with Coach Gabera, Ali Krieger uh, started walking up to. Where the media was standing and all of the uh, all of the young fans in the crowd started going nuts just yelling for Ali and it was it's so it's very cool to to watch uh you know to watch young sports fans young soccer fans to respond that way to uh their favorite players and as ally walked up i made the joke that uh it's too bad she doesn't have any fans in the crowd yeah,
4: it's terrible! Man, this atmosphere sucks. Well, well Happy no. New Year, welcome back. <laughs> Thank you so much. Happy Easter. This is such a good weekend. So, uh, the only game with the whole squad, how do you guys think you prepared? Yeah. Uh, really well. It was already an, uh, such a big improvement from last week. I think uh, obviously the weather was a lot better as well. But um, we did some really good things. I think the first half we lost a bit of possession. I think we had to clean up those details, and so by halftime we, figured that out and um, stuck to our game plan. Just a bit of high pressure, stay organized defensively. And we, we've been working on that uh, in training a lot. So we needed to try and apply that to the game, which I think we did well. We kept the ball the second half. We had so many good chances. We were in their half most of the second half. And um, it should have been maybe eight nothing. <laughs> a few more goals we could have had. But it, it was really good possessionally. And that's something that we wanted to do from the very beginning.
2: Okay, so the last two seasons you guys finished fourth, made the playoffs. Yeah. What do you think the team needs to do to take that next step and maybe host a playoff <coughs> game, get to the championship game?
4: I think just um, have you know, a bit of incentive to win, get three points every single game and make that our goal and uh, not be satisfied with just tying and um, you know, playing average football. I think we need to come out, we need to play quality football and um, stick to our game plan every single game. But uh, I think defensively and positioning, we need to stay really organized and I think that's really going to help us in the transition process of you know winning the ball back and going and attacking because we have such a great attacking team this year and I think that you know the gap has now closed from young players and older players and we now have a whole mix of, of ages and I think it's been really really great this preseason has been fun so far I know I've only been here for a week but I've already seen improvements from last year and I think that it can only get better
0: you've got a new old coach yeah how has that been so far great
4: i think James, round two yeah round two and um he's brought so much success to this team and to this club um when he when he's been here you know we've made the playoffs with him back in, with freedom and and they obviously won on uh, the w air er, in the wusso league so he has really really um you know uh good good qualities with this with this group and i think that he's super calm and um and very, very knowledgeable and experienced, and I think Compared that's what we need. other
3: coaches. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah, but the, it's also, you know, it's just different. Calm. It's not yeah. yeah good or bad because, yeah. um, you know, other coaches, you know, bring different aspects as well that, you mm-hmm. know, might be good for some players, and and so um, obviously this has taken us in a different direction and a new path, and I think that as of right now and, and you know, seen today and playing, it's such, it's so fun to be out there, and the way we're playing right now is really good. and. I think we're going to carry that forward, but he's super calm, and I think we have a group that we want to play tempo, fast, like go, 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 and I think he kind of brings a calmness, and um, you know he breaks the game down really well for us. Him and Denise are our assistant coach as well, and I think um, not only me as an older player, I need to still learn, but the young players as well, and I think that that is what has brought us together this preseason so far.
0: Last but not least, we got an opportunity to talk to Christine Nairn, who talked to us about playing with the squad, uh, how they matched up against PSU, what they were able to get out of that competition, and of course, she talks to us a little bit about her goal. It's been a few years since you uh, since you were a PSU, but it stills gotta feel good to play with you on the alma mater.
5: Yeah, um, we've been looking forward to it all week. We know Penn, Penn State's defending national champions. You gotta have them on our schedule. They're close. Uh, they're a good team. They like to possess the ball, and and we match up really well against so, them. Um, so, you know, after all of that, to be uh, my alma mater. Um, Perfect team at play. I mean, what else can you say?
6: Uh, Penn State certainly brought a lot of pressure. How did the midfield kind of adjust to that going into the second half? Um, uh,
5: it's only week two of preseason, so just getting on the same page, learning each other's strengths and weaknesses, um, kind of tweaking who's in who's in the middle three. Um, I think Tori did a great job in, in you know finding the best three that work together. Um, I think we'll. And building on this performance, I think will keep us moving forward, and uh, to solidify those three spots in midfield, I think will uh, put us in the right spot for to open the season, and I think to play our inner squad next weekend, and then play against Duke the following weekend. So
2: the continuity of the roster, you got a yeah. new coach, yeah, but you have. I did the math. we sixteen players that were here last year. Um, has that made this preseason a little bit easier than the ones previous ones?
5: Yeah, um, you know, it's always nice coming into familiar faces, and you know, uh, our our. Operations are still the same. Um, so that relationship has, has always been great uh, at the Spirit. So um, we're welcoming Jim, Denise, um, everyone new in, in with uh, open arms. So um, the only thing that's different is Jim's style of uh, playing. And I think that's every coach is going to come in and try to change and tweak little things. But he's keeping a lot of things the same. And you know, like you said, the continuity of the roster and, and the style of play, he wants to keep that. Does he pronounce your name better? Uh, yeah, he does. Mar- Mark kind of butchered it a bunch, um, you know, but he's got that weird English accent, so you can't you can't really blame him for that. But mm-hmm. Jim's got my name, right? Okay. And uh,
6: uh, other than your name, what kind of things has he brought to the team? <laughs> <laughs> Good question.
5: Um, he wants us to be very fit, um, very high pressure team. Um, you know, I think that showed it. when we used to play Sky Blue last year. Is that um, they're going to press all over the field and they're going to make um, this place and every team hard to play against and high tempo and we dictate the tempo. And you know, he's bringing new ideas to an already close knit group. And I think that's just going to bring us close together.
0: You mentioned it was a good matchup. What do you think uh, Penn State offered as far as a challenge for you and being able to test your own skill set?
5: Um, I mean, they're very good at midfield. Um, I was just talking to Tim, their assistant coach. And I think about five of them are going to the under-20 World Cup. So, um, to be able to play against that caliber of player and, and the youth national team system, I think is is great for Penn State. It's great for us to to get that exposure of you know the top uh, players in the country. And I think um, it puts me in an uncomfortable position, to, you know, playing against new players and. Um, kind of dusting off the, the dust, playing up higher on the field, since I'm used to playing more defensive. So um, you saw that at times, kind of lose the ball. But, you know, those are situations that we're going to we're gonna learn from and uh, get better. So, you know, uncomfortable is, is a good thing for us.
0: Can we talk about the goal? Uh, the goal? I'm trying to figure out how that one went in there.
1: Just um, passed everybody.
5: I think it was a handball. Um, and their wall just wasn't set up right. Um, yeah. I can't take all the credit because the wall was, was a little over-shifted um, wow. but you know just stepping up and I think it just gives me confidence to continue to to take free kicks and um, whether the wall was wrong or not it's always nice seeing it go in the back of the net whether you hit it where you want or it just goes in so mm-hmm. um, still going to take the goal and you know okay. Penn State uh, you know it's my old, my old school so you know I'm proud to play against them and you know proud to carry on that legacy and I know that us as a, I think there's five of us always talk about Penn State and our great memories. so to be able to play against them and score against them is just you know icing on top of the cake so.
0: So the last segment of today's podcast is a uh, conversation between myself and Caitlin Buckley, a contributor at Black and Red United. Her and I talk about the two preseason games thus far, what we think about the squad, what we uh, hope can happen moving forward. Uh, and even some bold predictions uh, on, you know, what's, uh, what her and I think can happen. Uh, and I have some, some probably far-fetched uh, bold predictions. We'll call them bold hopes, uh, but they're, they're fun to discuss nonetheless. Uh, enjoy. Okay, so with me I have Caitlin Buckley. She is a uh, contributor to Black and Red United uh, it's blackandredunited.com or blackandredu on Twitter. Uh, Caitlin, thank you for joining me.
6: Thank you, Jen. Nice to talk to you. <laughs> yeah,
0: it is. Yeah. It is. We uh, we've got an opportunity to to get to know each other a little bit at the Spirit Games. This is my uh, this is my first year covering the Spirit. How long have you been covering them?
6: I covered them uh, last year uh, for us a blog uh, Nutmeg Incorporated, but this is my first time. Uh, focusing on the spirit for Black and Red United.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. And um, how how long have you been into soccer?
6: I kind of got into the U.S. Women, uh, I'd say kind of after the 2010 Men's World Cup. I think I was, like, Googling, like, women's soccer or something on YouTube, and they had, like, a bunch of videos. And then kind of from there.
0: Um, so the first thing that I want to talk to you about is someone who's been at both games um, of course, both very stark difference in the two in the conditions and in the games that were played the, the the competition. You know, what do you what so far? Even though they're two preseason games, what what's one or two takeaways that you've left the games with uh, after evaluating the gameplay?
6: I've been I'd say I've been impressed by uh, Katie Stengel. I think it's been really nice to kind of have true nine. Um, up top, Crystal Dunn was said that uh, uh, last year, uh, yesterday, sorry, um, after the game, that, you know, she was excited to play a bit out wide, not in that true number nine role, though she did quite, quite well there last season. I So yeah, I'm impressed by uh, up top, how they've been uh, really combining well, and it doesn't seem, uh, I think, Uh, Williams, Dunn, and Stengel connect quite well. Uh, Still kind of sometimes that final pass is missing a bit. Stengel's been offside a bit. Or um, just kind of that final pass could use some improvement. And then uh, on defense against Penn State, they had very different back lines for the two halves. In general, I think it could be a bit better organized and... Sometimes uh, certain players kind of give away bad balls or get beat pretty easily, but I think I think they're 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 definitely impressive. I think it's really nice that so many of them are returning this year. wasn't true uh, the last two years. I'm impressed by how much they've been pressing. I think uh, Gabar and all the players have emphasized that as well, and they're looking quite good.
0: Yeah, I agree, and I I want to uh, reiterate your point about Stengall. I thought that she looked, uh, I thought she looked very well, uh, even in the the rainy and cold conditions of the UVA game uh, a week ago, uh, and then still very involved with uh, ball movement and stuff in this past game. Um, I think Christine Nairn also. Uh, Looks really good in at uh, her spot. She's seems to be involved and and you know obviously she's taking all the corners. So you know she's uh, got her foot on the ball uh, as often as that's happening. But it seems like even with with a lot of the ball movement when they're pressing, it seems like uh, she gets involved in in a lot of the different plays. And uh, man, that leg that, that Christine Nairn has, like every time, like she can just boot that thing. It is unreal. Chayna and Callie, the two forwards that Guevara... Uh, drafted uh, in the first and second round in the uh, in the draft. Uh, I think that I think Shayna uh, for what we could, we didn't really see much out of either of them in the first uh, match against UVA, uh, but Shayna was very involved in the PSU match. She had a, an assist on the first goal uh, by Dunn and had a lot of opportunities.
6: I uh, really, there hasn't been much time yet to evaluate her, but I think she is someone who maybe could come in later in the games, especially when um, Crystal Dunn's away with the national team. I think to your point about Stengel, I think she has been quite impressive. I really like her up top because it helps. It helps a bit defensively because the Spirit are a bit weaker especially on the left flank. I think she's mostly, yeah, she's mostly been on the left. And her speed is really great up top. If the Spirit Threat 3 were a track team, they'd be winning all the meets. So, yeah, that's been impressive. Nairn, yeah, her free kick was... It was an interesting free kick, not her usual free kick, but uh, she did say after the game that the wall might have been a bit overshifted. Sure. Uh, Yeah, just, I always remember Nairn. She had, like, this... Gotta be 40-yard free kick uh, a year or two ago, which was really quite impressive.
0: I think the real key to the season, and we can we can segue into uh, looking forward. I think the real key is going to be defending, because I think it's clear that they are very potent on offense. Yeah. I think that goal opportunities will be there, and as long as we as long as we win the turnover battle. Uh, I think that the opportunities will be there and the accuracy is there. We have very accurate shooters. Um, I think there was, I think uh, there was a lot of excitement in the PSU game, which led to a lot of like over kicks and stuff like that. But um, there was a lot of accurate passing inside. Just uh, you know, it was just a half a foot one way or the other. Um, and so I think it's really going to be on the other side of the ball. You know, the goalkeeping and the defending. That's really going to, you know, the less we can see, and you know, this sounds like fundamentals, but when you really look at what the what the spear are going to be capable of on offense, um, they could really do well this season if they buckle down on defense, on especially um, with their hard pressing uh, offense. You know, a quick turnover could could become lethal if they're not ready for it on defense.
6: Yeah, I think it, there are a couple times in the uh, Penn State game where. Penn State forced uh, pretty almost lethal turnovers. I think one key on defense, I feel like every time I've ever talked about the Spirits all these years has been, oh, defense, defense, defense. Having a bit more consistent defense uh, with Labay and Zdorski and Krieger, all of whom could miss time for the Olympics. Being consistent and having that communication still be open will be pretty key. I think also with Weiss, um... She came off her line a bit uh, too much, maybe, on against Penn State and got caught out uh, once or t- twice with uh, Kraus after Sadorsky forced a turnover. Luckily, Krause's shot uh, bounced off the crossbar for the Spirit, but it was still um, a worrying moment for the Spirit. And then I think it will be interesting um, kind of what the Spirit can do on defense. They... Functioned well sometimes as a unit last year. I remember last year they had a game where three members of the back line were rookies, and they still, I think it was out maybe one goal, so that was impressive. Yeah, up top looks quite good for the Spirit this year, which is...
0: So one thing I told you to be prepared for uh, today are some bold predictions for, for the season. I think this is what makes it fun. I think this is what makes evaluating sports fun yeah. uh, is really... You know, it's easy to say, "Oh, I think Crystal Dunn will lead the team in goals," or some like You know, it's yeah. it's easy to make those predictions, and then even when you're wrong, it still doesn't really look like you. It was really all that bad of a, a prediction. Uh, but I think making the bold ones that are the ones that really make people think, like, "Oh man, would that really happen?" Uh, so I'll lead uh, okay. with the with the example that I gave you. I think Nairn will have double digit goals uh, this year. She ended last season with five, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, which was actually second on the team behind uh, Dunn's 15. But I think with as many – if she takes advantage of the free kick opportunities that she has and just lets that leg pound things from uh, from 20, 30 yards out, I think that she'll at least have the shot opportunity, which she did last year. Last year she had 42 shots. Mm Uh, and 20 of them were on goal, so her accuracy is there. But um, I think if she just lets the power of that leg just blast through some keepers, uh, I think she can see 10-plus goals this season. What do you think?
6: Uh, yeah, it's a nice prediction if you're Nairn. Uh, I think uh, if they get a lot of free kick opportunities, that can help. And then in general with Nairn, sometimes, like I remember last season early on, she was really doing quite well um, the first maybe – five, six games, and then kind of, you know, died down a bit, whether that was playing a different role or just how she was playing different opponents. Uh, So that would be interesting to see if she can be a bit more consistent, which is also something I'd like to see from the Spirit this year. I think last year they were great at home, uh, one of the best records in the league at home, if you ignore Seattle, who are undefeated, But, um... I think, yeah, if they can be a bit more consistent in Aaron, too, that would be great. She's really kind of that key player in the midfield, in addition to Tori Houston who I think can be overlooked, and so if Tori Huster's, uh healthy this year for the Spirit, that would be a really good thing for them.
0: Uh, your turn. What do you got?
6: Oh, wow. Um, not as bold as yours, but I think the Spirit, uh, making the playoffs is kind of a bold prediction. Uh... I think earlier this offseason, I spent most of the offseason kind of thinking, eh, maybe like sixth place for them, maybe fifth. Contend for a playoff spot, but maybe not quite there. Didn't really have much uh, up top besides Dunn, who's going to miss the Olympics. Defense still kind of a question mark. But seeing them in preseason uh, has been really exciting. They've, they've looked quite good. Um, so yeah, I think... I think they can definitely uh, push for that playoff spot, and you know maybe even try to see if they can get a home field.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I got I got two more. Okay. I got two more. Yeah.
6: It's your um, I,
0: yeah, that's right. Yeah, I believe the spirit will sweep Sky Blue.
6: Ooh. Oh yeah, that was yeah. um that was also part of my math thinking about them making the playoffs because when the schedule came out, I was playing Sky Blue four times I was like. That is good for
0: them <laughs> yes yeah. yes and I think that um, I think that if you default to the idea that each Tim team could win at home mm-hmm. right that's two two mm-hmm. um, and then if you look at the at the schedule uh, it's at Sky blue um, uh, where to go at Sky blue We don't play them for a while and then later in the season uh, we play them back to back weekends uh, there then here I think that uh, it's like a six in like what, one, two, three, four, five, in six weeks, we play them three times wow. and I am going to give Gabera the coaching advantage in that idea, mm-hmm. um, that he can if we can win the first game, I think that there's no reason to say that we can't win the next three, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think winning that first game will be key. Uh, you know it is going to be in Jersey, so you know the, the the advantage goes there. It's only second week of the season, um, but I think that with as much pressure as we as it seems Gobert wants to put on um, on teams, I think maybe we can surprise Sky Blue in game one, win that one, um, and then mid season I'm just going to give the coaching advantage to uh, to Gebert that he can uh, he can be prepared and and take advantage of of any. Uh, vulnerabilities that maybe Sky Blue showed the first time around. Uh, what do you think? You think that's doable? I think it's
6: certainly possible. I think if I were to bet on something, I'd bet on that rather than um, double-digit goals. Uh, <laughs> Sky Blue they really have not looked that great this off-season. I think Raquel Rodriguez will be a huge addition uh, for them, but they've lost some good players, good coach. So yeah, it would be a tough season for Sky Blue, but if the Spirit want to make the playoffs. They really got to take advantage of those four Sky Blue games.
0: Uh, and then I have a. Th- do you have a second one?
6: Uh, no. I was trying to think of okay. one, but I. That's fine.
0: Yeah. Uh, I got a third one. Okay. Um, I believe that a Washington Spirit player will lead the league in assists at the end of the season. That is. Uh, and I I think that because it's no longer the Crystal Dunn show. Yeah. Right. They just can't give it to Dunn at midfield and have her sprint uh, into position. You know, like and of course that'll happen, but I think that as teams know that Dunn is going to be their focus on defense, that's going to open Ordega, Stangall, so many other uh, players for scoring opportunities, and that assist person may be Dunn. You know, like yeah. I know it's sort of weird to think that you know that we see her as the goal taker or the shot taker, but I think that if she does get those breaks and she gets uh, defended quickly, she's going to be the one making those passes. My caveat off of that, and this is the boldest one, uh, I, I think there's a chance that if you look at it that way, there's a chance that Crystal Dunn will lead the league in assists this year and that she will not be the lead scorer on the Spirit this year.
6: I think... I think that is a good, very good point about it's not the necessarily going to be the Crystal Dunn show anymore. I think that was definitely true last year, and you saw her just sprint midfield all the way beat five players, which is great <laughs> soccer to watch. But I, And you saw in the Seattle playoff game, they just needed to mark Crystal Dunn, and then it's over for the Spirit. And yep. also, I remember maybe July-ish around, Sky Blue came to uh, came to the plex and they put Maya Hayes marking Crystal Dunn and Ma- Maya Hayes, was her first time at right back, I think she just marked Crystal Dunn the whole game Spirit barely eked out a 1-0 win and so I think the Spirit really need to move beyond Crystal Dunn I think Stengel and Dunn have looked really good together Dunn mentioned how good it is to play with Stengel she's familiar with Stengel from the U20s They've been looking sure. good, just especially that final pass. Uh, I think uh, Penn, on Saturday, Dunn got the ball midfield, stole the ball from at midfield, sprints all the way up, lays it off to Stengel, and then Stengel doesn't pull the trigger quite soon enough to defend, Penn State defenders come trap her in. But that is something we could look out for in the season, is that Dunn-Stengel combination.
0: I think it's going to be I think it's going to be a fun season to watch. I oh, yeah. feel privileged that uh, that I'm getting into covering the Spirit this season cuz uh when I when I made the decision uh, a couple months after the 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 se- last season, I went back and looked at all the stats. I was really impressed. Obviously Crystal Dunn popped off the stage or off the off the uh, the stat sheet, you know, looking at Francisco Ortega shooting 63% uh and that's the Leading accuracy of any player on the team that shot over ten uh ten shots last season sixty three percent I mean yeah, if, if she can continue with that accuracy wh- those are gonna go in you know some of those are going to go in I think the biggest the biggest change that we have to prepare for when I say we of course, I mean the, the spirits and uh fans uh that they have to prepare for is Crystal Dunn led the league last year in game winning goals. Mm-hmm. Uh, with six, I believe, so any a goal that put them in the lead and then and that was the the goal yeah. that that won the game i don 't think that happens again this season yeah um i'm sure she 'll have her moments i 'm sure she she 's crystal done you know she's gonna, you know she had eighty four shots last season that just can't i don't think that can transfer' uh, I don't, that can 't be repeated as easily without uh Gabera putting that into his approach, but it doesn 't look like he has a done focus approach um and so it look it looks like they're going to spread opportunity across uh all the strikers and anybody with a um uh, with an opportunity and it's going to be a little bit more um spread out opportunity and i think that done shot taking goes down uh i believe we'll see her name in the score summary sheet just as often but maybe not as the goal scorer
6: yeah i think also we you got to factor in her missing time for the olympics and sure. the olympics camp so that also affects the stat sheet but yeah, with the game-winning goals, it might not have been the best look for the Spirit because games were like, okay, now Crystal Dunn wins it for the Spirit in the 90th minute. Stoppage time goal for Crystal Dunn. against like, how many leads could I write? Like, Crystal Dunn wins the game for the Spirit in the nine first yeah. minute. Uh, against Chicago, there was uh, late in the season, there was something like that. She talked uh, against at Penn State about kind of going into that leadership role. She mentioned that she's going to be a co-captain this year, so I think that will be interesting. But yeah, she's not going to surprise people anymore. Going into games, everyone will know on the other team, oh, look out for Crystal Dunn. So I think you're right that they do need to move beyond Crystal Dunn on offense.
0: Looking at the stat sheet from 2015, I have a quick trivia question for you. Which player had the most... Uh, according to the NWSL, which team which player had the most minutes played in the regular season for the spirit last year oh,
6: that's a good question um, I would I would have
0: not it was being an oyster good job 20 games 20 games started 1800 minutes played my goodness yeah. um, so the, the last thing I want to talk about is goalkeeping mm-hmm. we have leBay you know Weiss played 11 games last season and, and did fine mm-hmm. Her goal attempts, a goal rate was 1.45, which isn't too far behind what Ashlyn Harris did at Mm -hmm. 1.33. And so I I think that there's a lot to, I think Weiss has a lot to offer, but it's hard to, I think LeBay could edge her out for a starting position going into the season. What do you think?
6: Yeah, I think LeBay could end up edging her out, but I think we both have kind of two decent keeper options there. I think LeBay has a bit better decision-making, I'd say. Kelsey Weiss does offer that consistent presence. She's not going to miss time for the Olympics. It looks like LeBay could end up being the number one for Canada this summer because McLeod tore her ACL or... It's not exactly clear what happened with McLeod yet, but anyway, looks like LeBay could be the number one. I think she does have a bit better decision-making, but Weiss offers that consistent presence that sometimes helped the spirit back line last year, uh, just in terms of organization.
0: Caitlin Buckley, we are following you on Twitter at Caitlin Buckley two, uh, and then also you are at Black and Red. Um, I, I hope I want to let you know I read your piece first before I put out anything. I read your piece. I think of the three or four journalists that I know there. You you get out your piece first. I don't get to see everything uh on the on the field and i uh i respect your your observation evaluations there so i always try to get your take on the game as i'm putting together my thoughts as well
6: Yeah, thank you.
0: caitlin it was a pleasure thank you so much for joining me
6: all right thank you nice talking to you
0: <laughs> yeah i'll see you on saturday all right
6: see you saturday
0: another thank you to caitlin for joining me as well i also want to thank uh, sky city fans and for gordon the other other media personnel that contributed to the sound bites and the player interviews and of course uh, the players for taking the time to talk to us that's it for this week we'll see you next week with a probably shorter recap on the intra squad scrimmage going on on saturday uh if i if i get in front of some of the players i hope to ask them some more uh general questions moving forward and maybe a little less reflection on on the game i think it will be a good opportunity for that thank you for listening see you next week